You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Hey, y'all. Bayou Benders here to talk to you about the latest from our sponsors, DraftKings. It's playoff time. Big stakes, bigger promotions. Every day of basketball's playoffs, DraftKings will have $20,000 in total cash prizes up for grabs. The best part, it's free to get your shot at these daily prizes. DraftKings will offer two free-to-play pools every day of the NBA playoffs, offering players a free shot at $20,000 in total prizes. DraftKings free-to-play pools are easy to enter. Just download the DraftKings app, go to pools, and choose from a wide variety of free contests for an opportunity to win cash prizes. All you have to do is answer a handful of questions around what you think is going to happen during the day's basketball's games and track your results through this evening. Questions will range from which team will hit the most threes to which team will score first. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings app now and use promo code THPN when you sign up to get your free shot at $20,000 in total prizes every day of the basketball playoffs. Head to DraftKings pool page to get your shot at huge cash prizes. That's promo code THPN for a limited time only at DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for full details. Hello, you're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm Corey, a.k.a. Bayou Benders, alongside Mason Dixon, and this is Habs Nightly, your hub for Habs content. I'm laughing because uh, I think the entire Habs community is, is in like disbelief and just pure anger <laughs> at our organization. But before we get to it, what's up, Mason? How you doing, bud? Oh, I'm fucking beautiful. Just woke up at fucking 12 in the afternoon, rolled out of bed to record our episode, which is in fact a day late. We apologize. Yeah. Technical difficulties on both ends. Yeah, my computer decided to fucking uh, give me a, a fucking panic attack last night. It saw, it saw Dominic Ducharme's playoff lineups and decided to commit suicide upon seeing that KK and Caulfield were on the fifth line. So, yeah, I think, it, I think it like saw me go through like a rabbit hole search for like two days and like I think I gave my computer like post-traumatic stress and it yeah. just did not know how to be a computer anymore. For Corey had to resuscitate his computer. So unfortunately we were not able to record, but we're getting, this is going to be a Monday anyway, recording it. Yeah, just a bit the late. day of, so just a bit, just late. a little bit late on our end, but you know, stuff happens. Okay. We have lives too. Um, I think they're, I think they're more forgiving of us than Dominic Ducharme right now. So I think we're in the clear. But uh, before we get to that, uh, how was your week? Why we haven't talked in a bit? Oh, it was pretty good. Other like last night, 
obviously I said technical difficulties on both ends. I had a 11 to seven shift. I always park my car. There's like a little back parking lot at McDonald's that where I work. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's like behind the drive through. Nice. And I parked there because if you've ever been to any McDonald's, especially one that is located right next to a motel, uh, you don't want your car in the middle of the parking lot. You know, like I'm, I'm not trying to come out after my eight hour shift of wanting to die to see that someone's rear-ended me and left. So I always park, <laughs> I always park at the back. Right. Okay. And get off at seven. One of my coworkers is there. I talk to them for like five minutes, go to get in my car to leave. Fucking drive throughs backed up all the way to the road. I'm like, whatever. I'll just like wait it out. Right. Mm-hmm. 15 minutes later, still backed up to the road. I'm like, fuck it. I'm just going to like drive over there. Usually like when that happens, someone will like let me out. Right. Right. These fat fuckers. Man. <laughs> yeah. Holy. Uh, they boy. can't give, they can't give me 30 seconds. Not even to get, just get out. They need that fucking Big Mac. They need that McDouble. They would not let me out. I'm like flipping people off. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, let me out. So they won't let me out. So I'm like, fuck it. They won't let uh, my coworker out either. So I'm like, fuck it. Like, I'm just gonna wait it out, I guess, right? Like, I'm not gonna sit here. That's fucking miserable. Oh, I was pissed. And like, like there's always that one or two assholes, but usually more people are like kind. No, it's like fucking every single person was just a douche canoe. Wouldn't let me out. So I go back to the parking lot or back to where I was parked. And I just sit there and we're talking. So at 9.30, I was off at 7. I finally get to leave McDonald's. And or sorry, no, I got home at 9.30, like 10 after 9. I finally get to leave McDonald's, get home at 9.30, two and a half hours after my shift was done. And yeah, that, that was that was my day yesterday. So I'm uh, comparing... Fuck, I don't know where I'm going with this. Cut what? that, please. I just stuttered in my brain. Jesus. It's all good. No, dude, that's uh, that's fucking shitty. It's happened to me at work because it floods down here. So, like, uh, when it floods really bad, it creates, like, an island to get to, like, the parish I live in because I got to drive to two parishes to get home. Uh, and you got to you gotta cross through um, our, like, national guard barracks to get you know to where i'm supposed to go but um it it fucking it gets so flooded in the in the lower ninth ward that it's just like a trickle of fucking cars all the way down to like the bridge which is like you know like you cross the bridge you go to the upper ninth ward um and then it's one lane because the other lane is completely fucking like if you got a low low sitting car, your car's fucked. But like me with a big ass van, I could just like ride through it. But the problem is, is that it, it at some point there's a bunch of cars who thought they were big that <laughs> are in that lane just stuck, just trying to merge over, and everybody in the on, in the correct lane won't let them because you know Southern justice. 
So now I'm scared I'm going to fuck this gigantic van up because of this car in front of me that's completely, you know, like, bogged out, fuck their shit up. Um, so, like, yeah, sometimes I'll get off of work at 4, and I might not get home till, like, 7, and I'm just sitting in my van, you know, like, stuck midway home. And it's like that on the other highway as well. So completely understand where you're coming from. That shit totally fucking is like a day ruiner, an evening ruiner. If you had plans, you're fucked. Yeah, it's just frustrating when you're like... And being delayed by traffic anywhere is like annoying, right? But being delayed... Because of other people just being assholes. Oh, that's terrible. <laughs> it's yeah. the worst. And I'm at work too. But yeah, I, I could not believe how busy it was at McDonald's yesterday. Ontario is still currently in a stay-at-home order. And oh my God, it's like it's encouraged people to leave. Like people are like, fuck you, Doug. Like who's our premier? And are just leaving their house more. It's ridiculous. Like, it's so nuts in Ontario right now. But I do have some big news. Pretty happy to say on May 21st, I will be receiving my first dose of Pfizer. And I am so fucking happy about it. I feel like a weight's been lifted off my shoulders. Congrats, bud. Yeah, I'm pretty excited, gotta say. Give some updates on my... uh, my uh, Pfizer um, experience, I suppose. I'm pretty excited about it. Dude, that's awesome. Uh, yeah, so down here, uh, if you're fully vaccinated, they've lifted uh, the need to wear masks inside places. But all, all that has done <laughs> is give people a free pass to pretend like everything's back to normal. Um, so New Orleans has been buzzing every, everything around it. Like people, like we went to this, we, all right, dude. So we went to a Windic, uh, a Walgreens last night. Don't know if you know what the fuck that is. It is. It's like a, yeah, cool. I great. I would have never been able to explain that correctly. <laughs> anyway. So me, me and my wife went there last night. She got some KD, which, uh, she mentioned, you know how delicious delicious it was kd um God's so gift. yeah so <laughs> i'm like i'm like yeah let's just put our masks on because you know what we don't have our shots yet and let's just be safe let's you know let's let's do it for the employees and if there's old people in there well i tell you there's like seven people in these things because these places are either super packed because there's nothing else open or they're like just a fucking graveyard bone dry ghost town no there's like seven eight people just wandering this place no mask all different ages old ass man's just like wheezing his ass off and then people looking at me and my wife stupid like we're from out of town because that's what people in this town do make you you know like you don't belong here Cause we're wearing a mask and I'm like, dude, you, you sound like you're about to die. I might save your life by wearing this mask. Cause I'm not fucking, you know, I don't have my stuff yet. Uh, so we leave there and I'm like, what a fucking shit show. And then I get a fucking email from the CDC. That's just like, 
Americans probably are going to not tell the truth when saying that they're fully vaccinated to not wear their mask indoors. I'm like, no shit. Yeah, just no fucking shit, experienced sure. it. <laughs> you didn't have to send a, a fucking national, you know, a nationwide email to tell us what well, we already fucking know. People aren't wearing this shit when it was like peak fucking COVID. So, yeah. And I think they were discussing ways of having like, like, I don't know how to describe it, like a vaccination passport kind of thing, mm-hmm. which I think a lot of people were like, well, that's kind of fucked up. You're like discriminating people, I suppose. But I think if you're going to do what the U.S. has done in lifting masks and stuff, you kind of need something like that, right? Like, Yeah, because I think people are just rolling around with like the fucking giant paper that is your, you know, your 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 documentation of it in yeah. your pockets. And even, it's not even wallet size. Even if you are vaccinated, you can still catch Corona or COVID-19 oh, yeah. Yeah. COVID and you can still spread it even if you're not suffering symptoms, right? Like it's 100%. not... It's not a fucking miracle cure by any means. No. And uh, just look at New Orleans. They're fucking running rampant already, dude. I hear uh, from a few friends, though, that the U.S. is just dishing out back. They'll give them to anyone. Yeah. uh, we're, We're at the point where, like, kids can get them. Yeah. Like, I know fucking people from up here, which I don't condone because it's so irresponsible. Just fucking... Our government hasn't closed airports yet for some reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, flying down to uh, to fucking Disney World, going to Disney World, and then getting their vaccine in the U.S. because they're just fucking <laughs> just dishing out vaccines. So it's kind of crazy, but to see how the world is kind of going through this. But I'm hopeful that at least in southern Ontario, that eventually, um, with our stay-at-home order being extended. I don't know if I mentioned that to uh, June Jeez. that we're going to, we're going to start to get some, you know, real life back for the summer, hopefully. Yeah. Cause uh, as soon as they lift, as, as soon as they lifted that fucking mask mandate, uh, I think it was like Thursday, fucking people went nuts. Understandably. Right. Like, yeah, because it's sense. like it's like it's like a, f- a feeling of freedom, you know. Like you you've been trapped. It, it literally has been like if you've never suffered depression, this entire year plus has been like exactly what depression feels like. It's just stuck, you know, uh, being uncomfortable constantly, fucking just in a loop. But um, yeah, New Orleans is fucking partying hard. Florida never stops. So. If you want to talk about feeling stuck and sort of trapped, how about we discuss... Segway! <laughs> how about we discuss uh, KK and Caulfield on Dominic Ducharme's line? You mean um, fucking Hitler's youth camp, dude? Fucking what? It's, it's madness. Ridic- it's ridiculous. Um, Craig Button went off on Jay... Oh, sorry. I want to say Jay and Dan. It's just jay and something i can't remember on sportsnet uh and basically was like what the fuck are you doing called the ducharme stupid um made point you know craig button has a way of just oversimplifying things so beautifully and i i kind of think it works in this situation because it is so simple montreal can't score goals all caulfield does is score goals he has four goals in 10 games. 
why are you not playing him? And he called Bergevin's comments of scoring in the NCAA and NHL stupid and related them to Ducharme saying scoring in the regular season is different than scoring in the playoffs. He called that stupid. He was really using the word stupid. Um, I just think it's a, it's a no brainer. And I think everyone sees like, why are you not playing these two guys? We rode KK last year in the playoffs, him, Suzuki and Drew and carried our offense. KK is a proven playoff performer. Caulfield enough said, you say the guy's name, everyone knows who he is. You know what he's going to bring, you know what he's going to do in any situation. And if you look at the lineups, there's a problem when your scratched line, your fifth line, I'm going to call it, looks better than your top, your, your bottom two, your third and your fourth. And I don't think it's a stretch to say that at all. I look at this lineup and I would much rather have Kakiniemi than Eric Stahl on a roster any given day. Stahl, I'm not going to disrespect a Hall of Fame career, right? A Stanley Cup champion, um, Olympian, I think world junior champion, member of the triple gold club, he's done it all. He doesn't have it anymore. At least he doesn't have it this year. KK should be there. I just not having Caulfield on the roster is just absurd to me. And I don't see how taking a step backward in our development helps us in the future. Look, I, I'm, a massive Habs fan. I have this podcast. Corey and I, how, how often do we sit after the fact of recording and just talk about the Habs, talk about shit, right? We do it all the time. We love this team. But I'll ask you a question because, you know, I think everyone knows the answer to mine. Do you really think we're going to beat the Leafs? No. Uh, if we have a shot, it's with uh, KK and Caulfield, you know, in the lineup. Exactly. But, uh, and uh, Yeah. And last year, I'll, I'll be the first to say, I didn't think we were going to beat Pittsburgh. I didn't think we were going to take Philly that far. And I don't think Bergevin did either. But you know what he said? He said, let's get the young guys some practice. This is going to be our core. Why are we taking a step backward now? Should that not be the fucking mindset this year? Let's give the young guys some practice. We're not a fucking cup contender all of a sudden because you picked up Eric Stahl and Corey Perry. To fully fucking amazing love the guy amazing best free agent signing of the offseason best free agent signing in years so far knock on wood it's early he doesn't push us over the edge this team is still rebuilding and you've tried to accelerate it by adding veterans and depth acquisitions constantly and what i don't think bergevin and ducharme fucking understand is that this team's core is not those guys it's kakiniemi it's Suzuki, it's Gallagher, it's Caulfield, and it's going to be Romanov. So you're not, you've tried with this core the last four or five fucking years and it hasn't worked. That's why we started shipping them out. It's a new core. It's the young guys. And you will only go as far as they take you. Everyone in the NHL can see that. Everyone outside of the NHL can see that. Everyone who has a laptop and a fucking microphone can tell you that, but they still remain hell bent on punishing these guys for every fucking mistake, any sort of mishap, any, anything. They have no leeway 
their ro- their leash is like a fucking collar at this point. They're just grabbing them by the scruff. And I think it's highlighted by the fact, and I know you know, you probably know the quote better off my hand, by the comments Victor Mete made to TSM the other day on being able to kind of play free and play his game, knowing that if he makes a mistake, he's not going to get benched. Yeah, it's, it's pretty close to it. Okay, I, did, I nailed that. I wasn't pretty, sure. Pretty much. And I think that's important to highlight because, you know, we've. I understand Mete hasn't put up a shit ton of points in Ottawa, or he didn't. But you watch the way that guy played. He's going to – they're – He's going to be a staple for that top four for a few years to come. He's only going to get better. And we've seen that, you know, give the guy opportunity. Make sure he's not stressed out. He's going to play well. Look at Romanov. Romanov was playing well the whole fucking season. He made mistakes, as most young defensemen do. But you kind of notice he stopped carrying the puck, right? Like, he stopped jumping into the offensive zone. Mm -hmm. And then I'd say the last two weeks he started doing it again. And then he had two bad games and he got scratched and buried on the third pairing. And it's like, you got to let these guys fucking develop. And I don't, I don't understand how a coach who coached in the world juniors to silver and gold doesn't get that. So it sounds fucking crazy because I understand Ducharme is the coach. He makes these decisions, but it's interesting how at the start, when he first came in, he was, making bold moves and the lines were interesting and creative. I think he got a memo from Bergevin. And I think this is, this has Bergevin's hands all over it to me because can the guy make great trades? Yes. Can he have these awesome free agent acquisitions? Yes. Can he draft? Well, yes. But what we have seen consistently since 2012 is the mishandling of our prospects. And that is purely under the reign of Mark Bergevin. Yeah, it uh, it's like something clicked, and he just decided to not not do what was right by the team and just do whatever he thought would let him keep his job. Obviously, you know his job's going to come first in his mind. Uh, but as a fan, I I don't if if this is because of him, I don't ever want to see him back. You know, I don't want to see him here next year. And sadly, I, I kind of feel the same way about uh, Ducharme now, just because he's kind of like he's kind of stuck in a hard place. And uh, you were like literally like starting a fucking mob because you're just poor choices from like the end of the first third of this season till now has just been shit choices, just hundred percent. Just terrible, terrible decisions, or or dropping the ball on how to handle them. Um, From 2016, that was the draft we drafted ninth overall. Okay, that's a top ten selection. We drafted Mikhail Sergachev. We know where he went. Okay. We also drafted William Bitten in the third, Victor Mete in the fourth, Casey Stom in the fifth, Michael Pizzetta in the seventh, sixth, and. Arvid Henriksen in the seventh. None of those players are in the Habs organization anymore. 2015, we drafted Noah Juleson. We lost him to waivers this year. Third, we had Lucas Vehemo. He's in the AHL. The rest of the guys, none of them. None of them on the team anymore. 
2014, Nikita Sherback, first round, not there. Brett Lernett, not there. The only guy from 2014 who still remains was a seventh round draft choice by the name of Jake Evans. And, you know, you can call that good scouting, drafting if you want. Jake Evans was going to make the NHL. That guy is determined. I don't, it didn't matter who drafted him. You know what I mean? That guy, right. <laughs> he was making an NHL team. Go to 2013. Um, we had three second round draft picks, two thirds and a first. The only one still on our roster is a second round draft selection by the name of Arturi Lekkinen, Michael McCarron, Jacob Delarose, Zach Fucali. They're all gone. Um, you go to 2012, the same thing. No one's still on the roster. 2011, not a single guy on the roster. 2010, one guy still on the roster, fifth round pick of the name Brendan Gallagher. It seems to me that Montreal, you know, is has the ability to draft guys who can succeed. But when it comes to developing them, they fail miserably, consistently. Because of all the guys I just mentioned, you tell me Gallagher and Evans weren't going to make the NHL. They were going to find a way. Those guys are grinders. And I'm just tired of giving Bergevin a pass because he can put a team that can barely make the playoffs in every year. He can assemble that team. And, you know, that's great. Whatever. You get to sell playoff tickets. Well, not this year. You get to have playoff hockey, whatever. You're not doing anything. You're just treading water, wasting young guys' potential, and continually, I don't know, being shit. Like, I can't, I don't know how else to describe it. It's just infuriating. And when I say that, and then look at what we have coming up, the 2018 draft where we had KK, Yalone, and Romanov, um, Jordan Harris, like, we talk about these guys with such great expectation because, and rightfully so they're good prospects, but Corey, do you honestly believe under Rome, uh, under, sorry, under Bergevin, these guys have the the ability to succeed because I don't, I don't think they're going to grow. I I think it's, I think it's not even, (laughs) I think, I think at this point, if you if you if you look at it, it's almost as if you get drafted by Montreal, you're you hope to get traded because you're just going to die in this organization and never, never make anything of it. Because if you look at, you know, like like Victor Mete's comments, one bad mistake and you're out, you know, you're scratched. Um, There's no development out of that. And then. I don't know. (laughs) <laughs> it, it makes me fear for Cole Caulfield and his development, especially if, if his world-renowned talent isn't good enough for the playoffs. And can, but he was good enough to get called up for these moments and just not be presented at the, the biggest moment, especially of your career, if you're Mark Berger fan and trying to save your fucking career. But he's meddling like his career's not going anywhere. So, like, we're – you know, we we're fucked as fans. They're fucked as a team, and he's rodding rodding fine because he probably is going nowhere. And that's that's what's fucked up because he's he's not playing with house's money anymore. It seems like they don't they're not trying to get rid of him. 
So he's just, you know, riding the lightning. Yeah. I, I, I just, I think if KK and Caulfield are scratched for game one, um, I'm rooting for the Habs to win no matter what. Okay. I know some fans want us to lose. I will never be on board with that. If you're rooting for Montreal to lose against the fucking Leafs, there's a problem. You know, I don't, I don't care if this team scraped into the playoffs with, I don't know, fucking David DeHarnay still as our number one center. I, I could give less shits. I'm still going to root for them to win this series, regardless of what our future outlook is. But if coming out of this offseason, we still hear Jeff Molson reiterate his faith in Bergevin. We continue to roll out this stupid policy of only hiring French Canadian executives and coaches. I'm we're in for a few tough years, I think for a long time. I don't think the cup's going to come back to Montreal for a while because we still have this young core. That's going to be, you know, if you hand the reins to another GM at this juncture prospects, we like are going to leave. Trades are going to happen. We will lose guys like Thomas Tatar. Jeff Petrie would probably be on the chopping block because a GM comes in, he wants to get rid of everything, right? It'll be a teardown and it'll be tough. It'll suck to go through. But KK will still be 20 years old. Suzuki will be 21. Caulfield will be 20. Romanov will be 20. That's a, a lot of the time those guys aren't even in the NHL yet. You know what I mean? Like (laughs) there's still time to use our prospects, which we do have one of the best prospect pools in the NHL and let another guy develop them. Get Joel Bouchard working up with the main organization. Maybe Ducharme's hands have been tied this whole time. We don't know, right? But I think at the end of the day, um, as much as I have been a fan of Mark Bergevin, he will have another GM and job in this league. He is... I think I do think able to create assemble a good NHL roster. I just think his time is done in Montreal. Um, he came in 2012. It's going to be 2022 next season. You've had 10 years, almost 10, nine years to get this team moving on track. And, you know, Often we see GMs assemble a team, they set them up for the future, they get fired, and then someone else does the job for them. I think this will, this is, might be another one of those, you know, situations, but I don't think Bergevin has done anything to earn the right to come in and be the GM of the Montreal Canadiens next year. Because if he was active and doing his job, there is no chance in hell KK and Caulfield are scratched. I mean, he came he came into this organization and tore down a deep competitive team and I believe with him we've only made the playoffs three times in 9 years and uh, I think it, it's a bit more than that, isn't it? I, it doesn't really matter. I, I guess. Don't know. Yeah. I guess I'm thinking from the moment we just tore this team down and, you know, like lost everybody. But um, I, I think it's just it, – it's fucked up. Um, I will always love this team. 
But um, like, like you're saying, you know, like there's no way I'm going to want the Leafs to fucking win. I don't want the Leafs to have any pride over beating us. Um, but I just feel for the players, especially in during COVID to deal with just the, you know, the mess of that, you know, everything that we heard from Robin Leonard, but also to know that this is like a struggling team that like <laughs> can perform a lot better, but has like mismanagement, uh, you know, this could be out of box, but like coaching wise, GM wise, organization wise, um, it just like, it feels like we're in like a, a, a jalopy, you know, like a fucking rundown vehicle trying to cross a couple of states. And it's just, you know, we're just falling apart piece by piece. And it, it's just tough. It's kind of tough to watch, you know, and to hear that you get this brand new part for your vehicle and you're just going to let the old the old part die before you put the new part in instead of just, you know, try to rejuvenate something. It just kind of breaks my fucking heart. You know, what's the what was the point of bringing Caulfield up? Because I thought we were bringing Caulfield up for this moment. Yeah, burning a year of his contract. And you're just going to let him ride the bench? I think even letting him ride the bench one game is foolish. It's it's absolutely foolish. This kid is like primed for this. He knows nothing but scoring. He knows nothing but but turning the tides. Like, yeah, Wisconsin is not the same as fucking Montreal. You know, but he made it happen. He made it happen in a regular season. He waited his time. And he fucking scored on really tough teams. You didn't see the fucking Oilers. And I'm not comparing the players. It's just an analogy. You didn't see the Oilers go, oh, McDavid only scored all those points in the OHL. Like, what? (laughs) That's not – what are you saying? Oh, he can't do it in the NHL. He was only scoring those points against the guys in the O, right? That He – he couldn't play in the NHL before. If you get that done, if you get whatever you do, if that's scoring points, shutting down offensive guys, if that's scoring goals, assists, whatever, if you do that at the rate in which Caulfield did against his peers at any level consistently, you will be able to make that jump into the NHL. Especially, like, like you said, all his fucking accolades. The guy just gets it done. And you might, you could make, if you want to make the argument that, oh, well, you know, the veterans have been playing better lately and you want that presence, that third line, Corey Perry, Josh Anderson, and Eric Stahl have scored less goals in 20 games than Caulfield has scored more goals than them in 20 games that they've all played. And Caulfield has played 10. It's pathetic. He scored more goals in 10 games than the three of them have combined in 10 or sorry, in 20. So you can't, when you chalk it all up and you lay everything out on the table, it just comes down to a coach being stubborn or a general manager being stubborn. That's the only reason because you can't say it was the kid's play. You can't say someone played better than him. You can't say he's not ready, that he hasn't proven it. He has. So you're just being a moron. (laughs) Like at the end of the day, I don't know how else to explain it. 
And when it baffles the insiders as much as it baffles us, I think it just, I don't know. I think it says it all. And we could beat this, we could beat this dead horse more, but I think we got to move on a little bit because we're just going to. Yeah. Cause I'll just, I'll just keep fucking um, finding a way to circle around it. And, Cause it deserves it. You know, it deserves it. There's, there's no reason for that to, to happen and it's happening. And we're all just sitting back watching a team waste an opportunity, you know, but uh, let's move on. Um, Price and Gallagher are going to play in Laval tonight, which is fucking wild. And to close out the Laval season uh, with, you know, probably one of the greatest Habs in net. Uh, Two of the greatest Habs. Yeah. Because we, we talk about the Habs rich history. I didn't live through any of those cups. I was in one. Yeah. So we're, you know, there's a lot of old Habs fans that you remember the history. My history for the Habs is disappointment. <laughs> so as far <laughs> as I'm concerned, in in the last however many years, um, those two are the greatest, two of the greatest Habs ever in my eyes. I understand that there's the real greats, but just they're this generation, they are, right? And I thought it was cool to see um, – they're clearly having some fun with it. Price was leading the warm up this morning. Um, I saw reports Gallagher came in early, met with Joel Bouchard, the coach and staff, wanted to talk over just future captain of the Montreal Canadiens right there. Should, in my opinion, should be the captain of the Montreal Canadiens. And I'm just so ready for the shit storm on Twitter if Price lets in a softy. <laughs> oh, man. And to clarify, this is for conditioning because they've both been sidelined for a while, so they're they're allowed to be loaned on the LTIR. Yeah, it's like and it's not like have what to go through waivers. Uh, Toronto did with what Freddie. Yeah, and what uh, Minnesota did with Zach Parise a few years ago. It's um, it's on the CBA, so they're allowed to do that. Um, if you want to tune in, actually, because this should be out before the game starts. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Laval Rocket are live streaming the game on their website. Just look up LavalRocket.com or whatever the fuck. You'll find it. And they're live streaming it. So if you want to see Carey Price and Gallagher both play in the AHL, because let's be honest, that's kind of cool. It's going to be fucking uh, Gallagher. <laughs> Gallagher is going to look like he's in the Super League. Like, Yeah. Um, it Galli hasn't played since in the AHL since 2000. 2012 price hasn't since 2006 2007 so it'll be interesting and the last time price ever suited up in the ahl uh was winning the culture cup so cool little stat there but yeah so that'll be interesting to see um great to have those guys back um at the end of the day do they have uh are they gonna do they all right so one this is like a super awesome opportunity to get like uh like a very rare merch, you know, like uh, event. Yes. Um, but, but are they like? Is someone wearing Gallagher's number to way he would be in a, an offshooted number? <laughs> um, Gallagher, clearly a man of sentiment, is uh, where it went back to number seventeen, which he wore for the Hamilton Bulldogs. Nice. Yeah. And oh, Price is wearing like- Price is wearing thirty, I believe. I'm not sure why. Maybe I, I don't know. 
I don't goalie know if, thing. I don't know if Primo <laughs> wears thirty-one in the AHL. Right, it's possible. It's but, pretty um, common. Pretty common goalie number. I think it's pretty cool. Like, like what better way as like you know you're the guys on the ball who's had a tremendous season, uh, to just end it off with two of the greatest halves of of this generation. You know? Yeah, and what a great opportunity for those guys too, right? To mm-hmm. kind of have warm up with the big guys, but like le- legends, like, like all, all those guys have grown up watching price, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. Like more than anything, you know, like they're picking their brains about like what it's like in the NHL, you know, like what to expect. Like, so like beyond just like them conditioning, like Galley and price are probably just talking, you know, with the boys, like, you know, like just answering questions. Cause like both of them are super like team oriented, like, so I, I could just imagine them just like more or less just answering questions the entire time, you know, like we're no, they know they're going to win. You, you're getting two stout players, you know, this, this team's playing phenomenal without them. So at this point it's like, okay, you know, they're going to come in and condition, but also, you know, everyone there gets a rare opportunity. If you've never been called up before, you know, questions, you know, what, what can I do for my game? And, if if any grinder can fucking answer, I think Brennan Gallagher can tell you exactly what you, you know, uh, what type of game you need to play, you know, to to make it in the NHL at any size. I think it's a, a fun opportunity for a lot of guys down there. Yeah, definitely. And uh, do we have anything else we kind of wanted to discuss today, or we've actually been going for a decent amount of time? I know. I, I figured it would have been a short one, and that's not a problem. Uh, it's just been such a sad episode. <laughs> but I mean, it, it, if you go on Twitter, type in Montreal Canadiens, it's people like, okay, the, the Tyler Toffoli um, article where he's just like, I love my, I love this town. Oh, we I love playing here. We'll yeah. talk about it next time. Yeah. But uh, it's that. And then it's people pissed off. That's it. There's nothing else. I mean, what's new? What's new to Habs Twitter, right? <laughs> but uh, if that's everything, I guess uh, you can just go on and wind it up. It's your episode today. Feels weird because it's Monday, but yeah, uh, yeah. Um, as we close out, though, um, if folks, if you have Twitter, um, I don't really know how to spread it otherwise. But um, a member of our network. Uh, from the Senators podcast with Shane Ryan, uh, Derek Lee's daughter, uh, Jada is going through a tough time. I believe she was diagnosed with, uh, with something, or, uh, I think it's a brain tumor. I might be messing this up, but, um, you know, like if you could share, I have it pinned on my page. It's the first thing you can see, even if you don't use Twitter, if you just type in Bayou Benders, you'll find it. It's the first, it's the first one. If you could share it, like it it's a donation if you can donate that'd be amazing uh if you're religious if you'd like to pray for him anything could help Derek and his family um you know his daughter is literally his his world and uh anything that we can do to help spread this uh or help them in any way is going uh to help that family tremendously it's it's a, a young family a very young they're young adults you know so uh, I can't imagine what they're going through right now, but uh, if you can open your heart and help these guys out, we'd really appreciate it. Especially this network is, especially just hockey in general. We're, we're a very caring community, but uh, I, I wanted to 
I wanted to say something about that. But, uh, folks, this has been Half Nightly. Thank you all so much for listening. If you could follow us at Half Nightly on Twitter, uh, that's along with Bayou Benders. Uh, we really appreciate it. And hopefully by the time we get on Wednesday, we have some news. And all of this has been a fucking bruise. And the Half community can calm down and realize that everything's under control. I don't see that happening, but hopefully. Thanks again for listening, and we'll talk to y'all soon. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Hello, my name is Richard Blosser, host of the Grit and Barrett podcast here on the Hockey Podcast Network. Covering the Hershey Bears, the 11-time Calder Cup champions of the American Hockey League, and the 2018 Stanley Cup champion, Washington Capitals. Each Tuesday, I recap Bears games, give you Bears news, notes, and nuggets, and all of the hockey news that matters to me, whether it's the American Hockey League, the NHL, or banter about hockey jerseys. This hack brings you high energy. They score! Connor McMichael has ended the game! Unfiltered. Look, Kirko's really going to have to work hard to bring back the fan base from this pandemic because you can't just rely on vaccinations. You have a fan base that is old, stubborn, and very reluctant to change. Not to mention you got to work on bringing back families and then whatever fan base you can try and get back from other parts of the state. You just can't rely on people coming out from 81 and 78. You got to work on a fan base that's very, very hesitant to change and at times unfocused. Look, Ovechkin is basically the guy who comes into the bar, kicks open the door, and says, Who ordered a white Russian, huh? Well, we all know Sidney Crosby is the guy who enters in from the side door, red carpet, VIP, Armani suits, and alligator shoes. That's just the type of guys they are. So join me every Tuesday here on the Hockey Podcast Network for the Grit and Barrett Podcast. Follow me on Twitter at Grit and Barrett P1. That's Grit, G R I T, and B E A R IT P1 on Twitter. Available wherever you get all your podcasts, part of the Hockey Podcast Network.